The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. everyone to the June 22nd, 2022 Zoning Board of Appeals meeting. My name is Candace Breyer. I'm the chairperson of the Zoning Board of Appeals. The Zoning Board of Appeals is a nine-person volunteer board nominated by the mayor and approved by city council. First, we will hear from planning services represented tonight by John Barrett. Then the applicant or their representative will make their presentation. 
Applicants will have five minutes in which to make their presentation. Staff will keep time and will announce when 30 seconds are remaining. Public comment is available in person or remotely. We will first call on individuals present to address the board, then remote participants. To speak during a public hearing or during public comment remotely, press star nine if listening by phone or use the raise hand feature if viewing through the web link. For phone access, call 877-853-5247 and enter meeting ID number 938-1648-1007. City staff will select callers that have raised their hand using the last three digits of their phone number or by name if available for those accessing through the web link. You will hear an automated announcement that the host is allowing you to speak. When speaking, please move to a quiet area and mute any television or background sounds. We may ask questions of either the city or the applicant. We will acknowledge any written comments received by the board. We will allow an appearing party to express their support or objections. The board will then discuss the appeal and formulate a motion to approve the appeal. Five affirmative votes of the board will be required for an appeal to be granted. Finally, any qualified party who is aggrieved by a decision of the board can appeal that decision to the Washtenaw County Circuit Court on a timely basis. Roll call. Candace Breyer, I am here. Mike Daniel. <coughs> Dave DeVarty. DeVarty here. Chris Madigan. Here. Julia Good. Here. Chris Fraley. Here. Todd Grant. Here. Elizabeth Nelson. Here. We have a quorum. Um, we have the agenda for this meeting. Um, I will note quickly that the um, last appeal that's on the agenda, um, the petition for 521 South 4th Avenue um, has been postponed by the applicant. So it was noticed. So we will take any public hearing if anyone wishes to speak on it, but there won't be a presentation um, or any decision, any discussion on that that matter when it comes back if it comes back to the ZBA it'll be noticed again and there'll be another public hearing so people will have another opportunity to speak um, other than that any questions or comments changes to the agenda <coughs> if not do I have a motion to approve the agenda Here. thank you Chris support from Todd thank you all in favor Aye. Aye. opposed all right, moving on to approval of minutes. We have minutes from the May 25th, 2022 meeting. Um, are there any questions, comments, corrections on those minutes? If not, do I have a motion to approve the May minutes? I'll make a motion to approve the minutes as Thank presented. Um, support? Support from Chris. Thank you. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Moving on to public hearings. First, we have petition ZBA 22-2008-3095 Cedar Brook Road. John? I'm John Barrett, zoning coordinator for the city of Ann Arbor. The first petition before us this evening is 3095 Cedar Brook Road. Bob Clark, representing the property owners, is seeking a variance from Table 5.17-1 Single Family Residential District Dimensions to construct a 10-foot by 16-foot sunroom at the rear of the existing residence. The requested variance is 9 feet 5 inches to allow the sunroom to be 20 feet 7 inches from the rear lot line. 
The property is zoned R1C, single family residential, and requires a 30 foot rear setback. The subject property is located on the north side of Cedarbrook Road, south of Green Road. A small portion of Sugarbush Park is situated between the property and Green Road. The home was constructed in 1988 and is approximately 2,853 square feet in size. The owners are proposing a new sunroom that will project four feet, four inches from the rear facade of the existing non-conforming home. The home is currently sited approximately 26 feet from the rear lot line, which does not meet the required 30 foot setback. The first slide you see on your screen is the um, location map or the zoning map. You see the highlighted parcel in the center of your screen. The next map is the aerial photo showing surrounding properties and um, existing conditions. And the next slide is the zoomed in aerial photo of the subject property and the proposed sunroom is going to be an extension right back here where my cursor is coming off the back of the um, rear facade at, at, at that notched area. The next slide is the <clears throat> survey that was submitted with the application. And you see the um, hatched area where the proposed sunroom is going to be. The 10 by 16. These are the floor plans that were submitted with the application by the applicant. This is the front elevation. These are the pictures that I took and my inspection of the existing home. You see the front of the property. And this is at the rear yard looking towards uh, Sugarbush Park and out towards Green Road. This is the rear of their existing home. This is the um, existing stone patio. And this is more the existing stone patio. That's the neighbors to the east. And that right here is where the, exist the proposed sunroom is going to go on this um, area right here in the back. You can see the uh, notched in area. This facade sits in a little bit deeper than the existing, the front, this side of the home. That's the concludes my presentation. I can take any questions at this time. Thank you, John. Dave. So, John, if you go back to the first aerial slide, yeah, the space that's behind is that part of Sugarbush Park, or sure. what is that parcel? This is Sugarbush right here. And that's just natural area that's city parkland. Um, yes, there is some small encroachments with some people's landscaping and uh, maybe a fence there as well, the neighbors. Um, but then there are some encroachments. That's been historic to the development of that subdivision. Um, what do you mean by? I mean, it's been, it's, it's been there for a long time. Um, it's difficult for me to say, okay. say how long those um, encroachments have been in the park property. Okay, thank you. Todd? Um, I can clarify a little bit. I live several blocks south in Georgetown. I've been in um, the home since 1985. 
My memory is, and the applicant, Mr. Clark, may clarify it, but this is part of a slightly elevated berm off the sidewalk from Green Road. It's not properly Sugarbush Park, which is a little farther east. But there is um, a row, as we can see from the picture, a row of bushes, and then I believe the land slopes down to the sidewalk, and then there's Green Road. So there already is some physical barriers between uh, Green Road and the house. Thank you. Chris? This isn't really a question, but I just want to make the board aware. Um, they're, they're Mr. Clark, who's representing the owners, he's someone that comes in for applications at Hamburg quite a bit, so I interact with him on a pretty regular basis. Um, I just wanted to make the board aware of it, and if there are any concerns, you know, and you guys feel I should recuse myself, I'm happy to step out for the discussion and vote. I don't think that it is a conflict of interest at all, but I at least wanted to, you know, offer anyone input if they if they want. Thanks, Chris. Awesome. Thank you. Is Mr. Clark here tonight? I haven't seen him. Any other questions for John? John, I had a question if you could show like on the survey map, usually um, like where the variance amount is, you know, like if the so, deck so, was smaller. Yeah, from right right here where my cursor is uh -huh. to that rear lot line right there, they're supposed to have 30 feet. Okay. And they're asking for, um, it, they're asking for nine feet, five inches to allow the sunroom to be 20 feet, seven inches from the real lot line. So the nine feet is on the 16 foot dimension of the 10 by 16? So if they did a 10 it's, by yeah, it's Yeah, it's, com it's coming out 10 feet. You see right, look at right here. See that, that's 10 feet coming out from the home and uh -huh. it's 16 feet wide. Currently, the home sits 26 feet from the rear lot line. It's supposed to be 30, so it's non-conforming. Okay. So they're asking for this right here, this projection to come out and only be basically almost 20 feet from the rear lot line. Um, so it's not quite a full 10 foot variance, nine feet, five inches. Okay. Can I ask him to do some more math? John, so what's the difference? So it's already non-conforming. The difference between the the back line where it's non-conforming and the expanded sunroom is what? Yep, six feet. Oh, okay, thanks. Any other questions for John? Sure. Dave, go ahead. It's not six feet from the rear. With the addition, it'll be 20 feet if we allow this and they put the addition in. It'd be, It'd 20, be 20 feet from the rear 20 feet, line. seven inches. So and they're asking and for nine feet. feet, five inches. Pardon me? And they're asking for a nine foot, five inch variance. Correct. I, right. So they're asking for the nine foot variance and the new uh, structure will sit 20 feet from the rear side line. 20 feet, seven 20 inches. 20 and a half. Yep. I'm just wondering where the applicant is tonight. What's that? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. 
Hi, my name is Hugh Garden. I'm here with my wife, Mary. Uh, the last thing we heard on the line was a question about where the owners of 3095 Cedarbrook are. Uh, we happen to know that they are in the United Kingdom on uh, away. Uh, the original meeting for this was uh, several weeks ago, we believe, and they had scheduled a, a time to be away before this. We had a public comment to make on this item as well, if it's appropriate to make that now. Um, um, hold on one minute, because normally we let the applicant speak first or a representative for the applicant, um, and then we'll get to public comment. Um, so we'll fine, come back. Thank you very much. Yep. To, thank you very much. We'll hold. Let's try the next person. This is the first time I've ever had an applicant that not show up. <laughs> Okay, so Apologize, everyone. Bear with us. We are trying to find the applicant. I will note that, per our rules, if the petitioner or their representative are not here, um, the applicant, the petition is dismissed. That per section 10.5, um, and can't be heard again for a minimum of three months. Well, I don't know what to do at this point. I never had an applicant never show up. So. I'd like to make a motion for dismissal. Let me read this just to make sure. Yes, yeah, so section 10.5 reads that unless the petitioner or the petitioner's agent is present for the hearing of a petition, the chair shall, shall dismiss the petition the petition shall not be heard again by the ZBA within three months from the date of dismissal. If within one week of the missed hearing, the petitioner provides evidence to the chair that in the chair's discretion shows good cause for the failure to be present, the chair shall schedule the dismissed petition on the next regularly scheduled meeting agenda as practicable. Well, wait one minute because I think John's on the phone with the petitioner's representative. So I just got a hold of the um, applicant. He's in the parking lot. He's on his way upstairs right now. Okay. <sighs> yeah. 
you have a song that entertain us while we wait, John? Pardon me? You're going to sing a song that entertain us while we wait? I don't think I'm going to do that. But he did say he started at 6 o'clock and said, I know it's 6.20. He said, no, it's 10 till 6. So I think he needs a new one. Oh. Oh, my God. He must be on Newfoundland time, which is a half hour off. <laughs> well, uh, forward, though, not back. Well, you're right. <laughs> I appreciate everyone's patience. I'd say we give him another minute. If he's not up here, then maybe we table it to later in the agenda. Well, oh, there, there he is. is. When you're late, we automatically vote no. I know. <laughs> I deserve it. My girls had down for 6.30, not 6. I'm like, it's not a tail under my fault. Good evening, everybody. So like apparently everybody else has done there. Made our presentation, correct. Okay, thanks, John. So I read John's report. Real quick, yeah. I'm sorry, before you get started, can you state your name? Sure, for the Robert Clark, owner of Four Seasons Sunrise of Ann Arbor. Thank you. Thank you. So I've read John's report in depth. Um, I can't disagree with, you know, finding hardship. The one statement I did make at one point in time, John, was that I assumed, and it was an assumption, was that uh, possibly Sugarbush Park was pushing into the lot. I checked out a plat. Every house and every um, lot in that neighborhood is almost identical to what we have in this situation. So the McLarens could not attend tonight because they're abroad. Um, I think I sent you their letter, John. To, no? That, no. Okay, I didn't over their notes. So their background is they've lived in the house for quite a long time. Um, the house is non-conforming. Really, it's the part of the living room, part of a, uh, the chimney. So as much as we are 10 feet, looking for a 10-foot variance, we're already, the house is already 5.3 feet into that setback. So in, 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 a, in a miscued way, um, we need 4.3 feet beyond what it already is. Um, 
Mr. McLaren had talked, as I talked to John, about possibly just opening the house wall and just going out to where it is already non-conforming, which is 5.3 feet. Amanda's not really into it. Amanda's saying, no, we'd really like to see it at the 10 foot because 10 foot's a small area. They're trying to just make a small spot in the, in the yard to, they are redoing the landscaping. Yes, they've already, in their letter, have stated that they see now that the, after the stake survey that they're beyond that point, as some of the other houses are, um, but they are willing to adjust that to bring it back within proper setback. Um, so really, it's not so much of a hardship slash practical difficulty. We brought to you, I think it was nine signatures from the neighbors that everybody signed off saying that, you know, and, and it does have to, with, when the rear yard setback, we all know it does have to do with neighboring lots. And so it, it's not gonna block anybody's view any more than what everything that is there now. So it's just, it, again, it's, it's a, we've got a tight lot. Nice big house, there's no doubt. They built, uh, whoever built it, built it right to capacity. But now we look for, for some, uh, some chance of having the 10 foot by 16 foot is what we would request. And beyond that, I don't really have a lot to say. I think there's maybe somebody in the public that wants to speak about it. Thank you very much. Questions, Todd, yes. Yes, uh, Mr. Clark, sir. I'm very familiar with the neighborhood. I've bicycled by the property many, many times. Okay. Um, I live several blocks south in Georgetown. Okay. So I, I'm actually leaning against this, and this is a pretty easy group. We approve most things. The problem I'm having with this is it's a great house, the photo show. I've never seen the yard because it's hidden by trees. Yes, sir. It has a fantastic backyard. It's a beautiful home. The whole street, Cedarbrook, is really nice. It opens up into the top of Georgetown where I bike down. Yes, sir. The question is, the criteria we're constrained by, you mentioned practical difficulty, but there's also the other one of, uh, you know, it's minimum use. This will, granting the variance would allow the minimal reasonable use of the property. And I don't think it meets that. But my question to you is, what why, I understand they want it, but why do they need it? That's so, the problem I have because I can't think of a, okay. they've got a great home. Okay. They don't really need it. Sure, I'll help. Okay, so my, my experience in sunrooms, I've been doing this since 1982. People seek light. They seek the outdoors without bugs. They, they don't have any of that. They, they, they have a, let's call this their <coughs> island of their kitchen. Chairs are right here. Door wall's right here. It's less than four feet away. So what they're trying to do is just expand an area that they can sit out in the yard, Light is always big to many, many, many of us. You know, seasonal affective disorder is with every person in the world, some more than others. Um, so they're just trying to get an outdoor space. They have a sunroom on the front of the house that is replica to what I'm putting on the back of the house. Yeah. So they will conform. You know? Yeah, the, whole, the front faces south, which is why ideally you'd like it to face the backyard. Right? Some people would. I mean, oh, yeah, this, this is going north, but it's, again, it's light. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting that you know our product, but our product is a full glass roof, all glass walls, mm -hmm. open, and open up the view is really what it's all about. Um, 
a lot of ventilation so they don't feel like they're you know, in a cramped space. It's bringing them outdoors without the bugs. But of course they could have you know, a, a, screen, a screen porch or tent that they could take down when the winter comes. They could do so, that, that would allow them I can tell you thousands of stories about those. You can buy them at Lowe's and you can buy them at Costco and you bolt them down and the first good wow. wind. Oh, I'm sorry. And, okay, I'm sorry. So that, you know, that those, you put them up, you bolt them down, first nice big wind, it's in the neighbor's yard. So, I mean, it's, that's a temporary structure. Um, and that's what's weird about our rear yard setbacks in any community. You could take a gazebo and build it out within 10 feet of the lot line, if I'm correct, John, and it, and it, it, meets, it, it meets it. So you've got to leave the house, go to there, and you've got these screens in there. It's just, uh, and if you look at one of those gazebos, 10 years later, you'd wish it wasn't there, because it's just, it, it falls apart. In this case, we're gonna put up something that'll be a permanent structure, just keep beauty to the house, keep beauty to the neighborhood. You're right, they do have a beautiful neighborhood. There's a lot of nice homes in there. So we're just trying to maintain it and give them the space that they're looking for. Okay. Thank you, sir. No problem. Any other questions for the petition? All right, thank you very much. Okay. If there's anyone here, in person that wishes to speak on this petition, please come forward now, state your name, you'll have three minutes. No one here, okay. If there's anyone accessing the meeting remotely who wishes to speak, please raise your hand now, um, either via the web link or by pressing star nine on the phone, and staff will call on you based on your last four digits of your phone number or by name if available. Caller I will note while we wait, um, as the applicant noted, we did receive a letter um, of signatures uh, noting that they approved the sunroom addition from Mara Kent at 3087 Cedar Brook, Tom Kent at 3087 Cedar Brook, Nicole, can't quite read the last name, at 3104 Cedar Brook, Richard Canry at 3104 Cedar Brook, Lynn Richards at 3063 Cedar Brook, um, 3079 Cedar Brook, 3119 Cedar Brook, 3080 Cedar Brook, and 3088 Cedar Brook. We also received an email of support from Hunter Charvat as well as letters of objection from Wendy Carmen and from Amy C2. All right, if you are ready to speak on this petition, you have three minutes. Uh, thank you very much. Can you hear us okay? Yes. Great. Uh, good evening. My wife Mary and I are both here together. Thank you for taking our comments. Um, we lived at 3080 Cedar Brook Drive for 22 years and are familiar with the property at 3095, living across the street from it. 
We have no vested interest in the, this matter other than as neighbors who are aware of the plans that seems reasonable to us, balancing property rights against community rights. As you've likely heard, this property backs onto Green Road and is separated from it visually by a landscape berm. My wife and I run or cycle along the pedestrian path on Green Road most days of the year, and neither in winter nor summer is the backyard of 3095 substantially visible. A variant, such as is requested for this home, will have absolutely no impact on any community member using the Green Road area behind the property to its north. In fact, if every house on Cedarbrook that backs onto Green Road were to be granted a similar variance, there would still be no loss of use, visual or otherwise, to anybody. The size and scope of the proposed project requiring the variance will have no impact on groundwater management as it's simply too small for that. Finally, the visual impact on the immediate neighbors is likely to be minimal given the, exist given the existing design of the house. The owners of 3087 Cedarbrook, the home immediately west of 3095, have spoken previously that they have no objection to this variance and as mentioned, you have their letter. Setbacks serve a number of important purposes in a zone neighborhood, whether aesthetic or functional. However, the location and modest encroachment requested here would appear to violate either. We urge you to grant the petitioners their requested variance. Thank you. Thank you. If there's anyone else who wishes to speak on this petition, please raise your hand now. Caller ending at 711 and promoting the meeting. Hello. Hi, my name is Lindy Carmen. I live at 2340 Georgetown. Excuse and I'm me, the current Ms. Carmen, president can you mute your Orchard background? Maple. I think I did now. My yes, name is Wendy Carmen. I live at 2340 Georgetown, and I'm the current president of the Orchard Hills Maplewood Homeowners Association. Some of you may know me as a former fellow CABA member. In May, I provided you with a letter about this request. I hope you took the time to read my letter. I laid out the reasons why I thought this request should not be approved. I listened to the petitioner during the May meeting, and I still believe the request does not meet any of the five stand standards for obtaining a variance, and that as written would allow this property to have a 20-foot, six or seven-inch foot rear setback when all the other neighbors have a 30-foot setback. I also indicated that I thought the request for permission to alter a non-conforming structure would have been a more appropriate request. Nevertheless, I don't believe you should approve that either. Nearly all of the proposed addition is in the setback and exacerbates the non-conformance of the structure. What is proposed is a luxury, and though it might be enjoyed by the owners, this structure already provides a reasonable use of the property. I learned of this request because the city sends homeowners association copy of postcard that went to the closed neighbors. I responded because I was on the board back in 1986 when the Windermere project was first submitted. Our association members worked with the city, city council, and the developer to create a development agreement that would provide solutions to handling the drainage problems that were expected from this development because of the topography and the swampy area. The development agreement required stormwater to be directed to the west, a drainage easement, a creation and management of a detention pond, and it secured a portion of the property to be added to the city's parkland. The road was not there at the time this was approved. 
Unfortunately, the city developer did not carry out these requirements, and worse, the city failed to enforce them. But as you can see by looking at the petitioner's drawing on the survey, the drainage easement was recorded somewhere. The detention pond was not correctly recorded and ultimately was sold for non-payment of taxes multiple times because the planning staff would not allow anyone to build in the detention pond. Finally, a neighbor purchased it to keep it from being sold over and over. Our association brought this to the attention of planning, but it isn't in our purview to force anything on these properties. Planning was able to get the donated parkland recorded, but they ignored the rest of the development agreement. You have 30 you seconds remaining. It, you will not be granting relief to owners to have something they lack but everyone else has. Instead, you'll be granting something they will enjoy that might negatively affect their neighbors by making more impervious lot surface and increasing the potential for flooding. I hope you reject, but if you reprove, approve, I hope you will require the property owner to remove the impervious surface that they have placed in the drainage easement and provide on-site detention for their stormwater instead of encouraging the water to go through their neighbor's yard. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else who wishes to speak, please raise your hand. Amy C2, FMRU to the meeting. Hello. All right, we're getting a lot of feedback. Can you please mute any background sound you have there? Uh, uh, okay. Can you hear me better? Yes, that's much better. Thank you. Oh. Hello. Hello, I'm Amy C2, homeowner of the house at 3111 Cedar Brook Road, only two doors down from 3095 Cedar Brook. Because I hesitated to submit my letter until 1115 this morning for the sake of a friendship with the homeowners at 3095 that has lasted more than 30 years. I don't know if all the decision makers have a chance to read my letter. I re I'd like to summarize the letter I submitted. First of all, the 28 families on Cedar Brook Road are very friendly to one another and would not hesitate to sign anything when asked in most cases. Nine persons signed the form called approved signatures for sunrooms Addition ZBA that Four Seasons Send Rooms ask neighbors to sign. Eight out of nine will not be affected by the proposed send room for various reasons. The glaring absence of signatures are from the two houses immediately lower than the house at 3095, including my signature, because the two homeowners know that more water will come our way if the sun room is allowed to be built. Many neighborhoods in Ann Arbor have to deal with their water issues. If they are litigation averse, no one will hear about the problems. The drain law for Michigan 
landowners from September 1963 and updated by the county in October 2003 seems to encourage neighbors to sue neighbors so that the city or the county does not have to deal with the water problems. With a recent trend of living more outdoor with patios and sunrooms, the climate change that brings increasing precipitation in Washington County and population growth doubled since 1963, it is time for the county and the city to update the drain law for Michigan of 1963 instead of relegating lawsuits among neighbors to solve water problems. Actually, the original drain law was for farmers, not for suburbanites in crowded subdivisions. I therefore propose that the sunroom project at 3095 Cedar Brook be on hold until the laws governing mitigating water in the city are updated. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else wishes to speak? Please raise your hand. Anyone else who wishes to speak, please raise your hand. Hello, uh, this is Hugh Garden again. We did not have another comment, but we were asked by the system to unmute. Oh. Are there yeah. any other public comment for this petition? If so, please raise your hand. All right, thank you. The public hearing is closed and we're in discussion. Chris. Um, I'm going to be voting against this. There's no practical difficulty that the zoning ordinance has imposed on this, this set. And, and, and all the rest of the, the standards are a no. Um, I think this is a, uh, uh, what? This is a luxury. We also have to deal with the rest of the community and, and their imposition of the zoning, you know, by the zoning code. So I'm going to say no. Any further discussion? Dave? Um, <clears throat> I'm generally favorable to single family homeowners trying to um, make a more efficient or better use of their land. I'm struck by the fact that this particular lot has more impervious surface than any of the adjacent lots that you could see from the aerial photos. 
Um, I would encourage the homeowners to do something to help address the drainage issues in the neighborhood, which apparently have a negative impact on their neighbors to the east, um, one of whom just testified. Um, I'm aghast that the city allowed this development to go in with a drainage easement and then never enforced it. And the result of that um, oversight in uh, enforcement by the city has caused residents up here, I'm sure, with the increasing severity of our precipitation events with climate change happening, where have, I'm sure has caused them a lot of trouble with flooding issues. I, th I think this proposal um, does nothing to alleviate that problem and probably does a little bit to exacerbate the problem. Um, I just have to vote no on it. Any other discussion? Are we ready for a motion? I could make a motion. Thank you, Dave. ZBA 22-2008-3095 Cedar Brook Road. Based on the following findings and in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a nine-foot, five-inch rear yard setback variance from Chapter 55, Unified Development Code, Table 517-1, single-family district dimensions. The applicant is proposing construction of a 10-foot by 16-foot sunroom at the rear of the residence. The sunroom will be 20 feet 7 inches from the rear lot line. The screened porch is to be built per the submitted plans. There is a practical difficulty that is exceptional and peculiar to the property and results from conditions that do not exist generally throughout the city. A motion to have support? Support. Thank you, Chris. Todd? No. Elizabeth? No. Chris Madigan? No. Julia? No. I also vote no. Dave? Devardi, no. Chris Fraley? No. The request is denied. Moving on to petition ZBA 22-2007-1211 White Street. John? All right. Aaron Vermeulen of OX Studios, representing the property owners, is seeking variances from Table 5.17-3, Multiple Family Residential District Dimensions, and Section 5.18.1, Subsection 4, Front Porches, to construct a three-unit townhome structure. The building will require, will require a 12-foot, 11-inch variance from the required 30-foot rear setback. The second-story balconies will require a 6-foot, 8-inch variance to encroach into the average front setback. The existing single-family residence is to be demolished. The property is zoned R4C, Multiple Family Dwelling District. The subject property is located at the northeast intersection of White Street and Brookwood Place. The neighborhood lies between Packard Road to the east and State Street and University of Michigan Athletic Buildings to the west. The existing residence was constructed in 1915 and is approximately 1,050 square feet in size. The proposed townhome units will be three stories and consist of six bedrooms in each for a total of 18 bedrooms overall in the structure. The site also provides for six parking spaces at grade. 
Due to the corner lot configuration, the rear yard setback of 30 feet is applied to the north side of this lot. This is the rear yard setback variance requested of 12 feet 11 inches that is being requested. The proposed structure will have front porches that face White Street. The applicant is requesting a variance for these balconies above, the, above with access from the second story that will project into the front setback. Section 5.18.1, subsection 4, allows for front porches to encroach up to 8 feet in the front setback. However, this code provision does not allow for extensions above the first floor. <clears throat> the first slide, if you'll turn your attention to your monitors, uh, you'll see the highlighted parcel. It's in the center of your screen at the corner of White and uh, Brookwood Place. The next slide shows um, existing conditions, surrounding properties, and the state of the neighborhood. And the next slide shows the um, zoomed-in aerial photo of the existing property. As I stated earlier, this existing single-family home will be demolished. And <clears throat> the front setback for the property, you'll have two front setbacks along White and Brookwood. The rear setback is on the north side of the lot opposite from the shorter of the two linear frontages. And this is the side yard. The next slide shows the survey that was submitted with the application. The next slide is the site plan. You see the proposed, um, this is gonna be the conflicting land use buffer along the north side and along the side yard. They meet the 15 feet over here. They meet the 15 foot club over on this side. However, they don't meet the, obviously the um, requested 12 foot 11 inch variance um, to the north. They'll, they're only 19 feet one inch from that uh, rear lot line. And you see the um, configuration of the um, front porches with the balconies on top. And then the parking spaces below. These are the unit plans showing the first, second, and third floors. These are the typical units, two through four plans, floor plans. These are the exterior elevations being proposed. You see the north elevation, the west elevation next to it. That's looking from White Street and then the south elevation looking from Brookwood Place, and then the east elevation on the, along the uh, side property line. <clears throat> These are um, some of the materials and um, a rendering that was submitted with the application. And some ex existing <clears throat> exterior photos that were submitted with the application by the applicant of the existing property. And these are the photos that I took on my inspection. This is the adjacent property to the north, and this is the existing property on the right-hand side of the photo. This is looking at the um, rear yard portion of the lot. Looking down White Street to the north, and the um, home to be demolished, you can see the sidewalk and the little bit of the front porch and then the neighboring property to the north. This is looking um, at the existing single family home from Brookwood Place 
and this is the front yard along Brookwood, and the neighbor to the east in the brown house. And these are the neighbors across the street on, to the west on White Street. And this last um, rendering is the applicant asked to have this submitted today and they will be discussing this slide. That is all I have at this time. I will take any questions that you may have. Thank you, John. Any questions? Julia. John, can you go back to the slide of the materials? So all were, the variance is just for this balcony. That's one of the two variances. You see, you know, you see how they'll have, the front porch can extend into the front setback, but since they're, this cannot. Okay. And then the other one. Is the north side? Is this side. They need 30 foot setback, uh -huh. and they only have 19 feet, one inch. They're asking for, um, or 18 feet, one inch, they're asking for. Wait, my math is terrible. 17 feet, one inch, they're asking for 12 feet, 11 inches. Okay. They have the, enough uh, property to do a 15-foot conflicting land use buffer. They just don't have the rear setback of 30 feet. Okay. Elizabeth. I have a question about the conflicting land use buffer versus the setback. I, I need a little more explanation of that. Why is this a conflicting land use? Um, that's, that's what they call it. It's, they, they, they meet that. They don't need a variance with the, the, the club. Okay. But it, it's because it's, it's going to be a multifamily unit next to a, a single family. But even our code still requires multifamily to put a conflicting land use buffer for against multifamily. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like something we need to change. We, we've discussed that in the past. Oh my goodness! Okay, but they still—they don't need a variance from that. They're gonna—they're gonna meet that um, requirement of plantings. Okay, so, so what they're actually going to have is 19 feet instead of 30. Wait, no. And maybe I'm so not seeing this asking, map. I'm, yes. The conflicting land use buffer is is fine. Correct. But then, the, do they have to have a 30-foot setback from that, or a 30? They have to have a 30-foot setback from this property line right here. Okay. That's their property line between and what, them and 1209 White Street. And they have to have 30 feet. Okay. And, and they have instead? 17 feet, one inch. Gotcha. Okay. Now I am clearer. Thank you. Sorry, I required and extra explanation. And they're asking for 12 foot, 11 inch variance on that side. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Dave. So, John, if they uh, lopped off this top unit, the northernmost unit, um, so they would have two units there, and didn't put the balconies on, they, if they did that, they would comply with our zoning? That's correct. Okay. Chris. The, uh, the three units on a lot this size is permitted by right, right? Other than these requested variances, there's, no, there's nothing else that conflicts with Correct. Okay. The lot um, meets the um, area and the width requirements. Todd. Uh, John, what is the rationale for the rule that you can have a first floor front porch encroach a little bit, but not the second or third ones? Uh, I guess it's a little inapposite question, but I'm just unclear about the rationale. Does it have to do with shading, or what's, what's the reasoning? 
Does that have to do with what, excuse me? Uh, perhaps shading or being more, uh, I don't know, that's my question. Well, why can you have an encroachment for the first floor um, front porch, but not for the second or third? So the code is right there below it in the staff report? Right. And that's, um, so when three, four years ago, this code was written so we didn't have quite so many variance requests for front porches. Got it. Okay. Myself and the planning manager wrote the ordinance to allow front porches to encroach. Once it went through the ordinance review committee, planning commission, and ultimately city council for approval, what was came out in the whole process was it was for four, front first floor front porches only that had to be covered by a roof or canopy and it had to be open and unenclosed. So okay. through all the discussion, probably a two-year process, it was ultimately decided that they didn't want it to extend beyond the first floor. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions for John? Yes, Chris. So I guess to clarify that, if those weren't balconies, there wouldn't be the need for the variance. That's correct. If they removed the um, railings and the access from the second floor, it would just be a first floor porch, and they wouldn't need that variance. Any other questions? <clears throat> All right, if the petitioner is ready, you may begin your presentation. You will have five minutes. I'm Karen from OX Studio. I'm Scott Clausen. I'm gonna be contractor on the job. Um, but Aaron from OX Studio is gonna do the explaining. He should be on Zoom, he's trying to get in. And I did make a printout of what, just we did a study to see what we could actually put on there by right and have a paper copy. I, I saw it in the file, so, but if anybody wants a paper copy, I have it. Hello, can everybody? Go ahead, Aaron. We can hear you. All right, thank you. Hello, um, my name is Aaron Vermeule and I'm an architect for Coex Studio um, and I represent the uh, local property owners of uh, 1211 White Street. Um, uh, John, I really appreciate your guidance on this because you've been helping and assisting on um, finding the right use of this land and to improve it. And um, and I think we're, we're trying uh, very di diligently to do that. Um, uh, the existing house at 1211 is actually 52 feet um, to 1203 to the north. It's, a, you know, it's almost for that neighborhood in the context of the existing side yards, and that is currently a side yard. And um, uh, what we uh, are proposing also removes a garage that is three foot five inches from the east property line. Um, uh, so we are correcting a few things um, with that uh, revision. Uh, the three units, um, uh, were um, studied as, a, as an attractive townhouse. Um, uh, w as um, we were um, working with the corner lot, um, the corner lot obviously forces, in, in, in my opinion, a, a, because of the length of the, of the lot and having two front yards, it forces a, uh, the switch of that north uh, side yard to be by code defined as a 30 foot side yard, but um, 
but in actuality i feel like um, the context of that neighborhood works well um, and and the current 52 feet is actually a lot of vacant space for the little home and and the, the neighborhood context has um, is, not, is not really uh, as relevant as it could be um, our proposed design um, allows for five um, parking spaces underneath the units a kind of a piano noble design um, that means we got a you know attractive um, stoop and a front yard uh, walk up that allows um, a very attractive um, uh, aesthetic from from White Street, and the use of the 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 of the uh, I guess the uh, of the of the walk up. Um, sorry, uh, the, the use of the uh, um, of the roof for a balcony is really this allows you know um, the the occupants on the second floor to obviously go out and and on a very small restricted five-foot balcony um, just to get some light in there um, and uh, we feel like that's just the use of, of, of and not an extension of the second floor it is an exterior all it is is a changing the roof to a, a guardrail um, uh, in addition we are proposing you know you know the, underneath uh, at, at the parking level um, room for uh, solid waste that would all be hidden from the street along with bike storage and EV um, uh, charging for um, uh, for one station for uh, the occupants. Um, so, I guess um, I'd like the discussion, you know, um, to revolve around this definition of the rear yard being, you know, uh, on the north, and I'd like the context uh, to be. Um, uh, relevant to uh, what we're trying to achieve here with a, a kind of a townhouse aesthetic. We did study, and um, this is the last slide, and we, uh, this is not something that we want to do, um, but uh, with the 30-foot height, uh, we would be able to accomplish uh, the three units and the bedrooms by right. Um, unfortunately, it's I don't think, and I don't think anybody on the board would agree that this is what the neighborhood would need. Or, or should have, um, but uh, you know the economics of, of Ann Arbor and and um, and this site, um, you know, is challenging. We actually studied a four yard four unit complex um, and took it through site plan and then the pull back, and we feel like the three unit is fair uh, and 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 in context with with White Street and and um, with the curb cut on Brook Place. Um, this. This study is really just to say, you know, can we fit it within the 30 foot setback? And yes, we can. But unfortunately, what that code does is it it, it defines a, you know, a flat roof and a kind of a, an apartment look that, you know, was, you know, done a lot here in the 60s. This is not something we want to do. We would propose that um, a, a more uh, traditional aesthetic uh, that has been designed with the three unit townhouse um, be, uh, be appreciated. Um, but let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Thank you. So, and I would just like to continue with. Aaron did a good job, but it's this is not just for financial gains. We can do the three units, six bedrooms each, by right. Um, it'll be a much more attractive 
townhouse style, the way that OX has designed it. Um, fits in way better with the neighborhood. The single family house that's there in the lot now with the big open side yard right now doesn't, it looks out of place. Um, and I just think it's a good project. It's gonna look great in the neighborhood. And it just, it's gonna be, help beautify the neighborhood. So. Thank you. Any questions for the petitioners? Todd. Um, sir, what I, I guess the question for both of you, so you, you have made clear that you could build, you're demolishing this structure. So, and this, it's gonna be a big improvement in the neighborhood, that's great. I used to live down there, so I'm fairly familiar with it. And uh, these are, you know, worker bee, old homes, and a lot of student rentals, and this is the big upgrade. But you've also said that you could go ahead and construct something. You propose something that looked rather severe in the facade, but you have a number of choices you could construct something that wouldn't need any variances at all, right? That's correct, right? Yes. Right. Okay. That, but, but that would mean a flat roof. Um, well, but sir, you can decide as the owner, you can decide whatever design you want. My question is simply, could you build a structure after you demolish the existing one without violating the zoning ordinance? And you just told me yes. We can, but... Thank I, you. Yes, but that's, I think, what the board's I, here for, I, to help I, improve the neighborhood and allow these variances to make... You own the property. The you have the ultimate say as long as you follow the zoning ordinance to put whatever you want in there. You could have an orange building with purple stripes. You have the power to do that. I guess I just we can't influence I want it. that. Correct. But Thank the current the, the corner the corner condition enforces a side yard to be to be defined as a rear yard. And I would just like everyone to look at this property that so it we is see actually that not a lot. Corner lots come before this ZBA a lot. Okay. No pun intended. They're here frequently. But the corner, the corner lot is a hardship. It is. I agree. But you know, you're you're proposing, you're trying to ram us in by saying, if you don't give us the exceptions on the zoning ordinance, we're going to build this crap building. You know what? And we did. I don't like that game. And we we don't. I'm not going to vote for this. Okay. We we don't like it either. And we didn't want. It's to. your game. I resent it. Dave, go ahead. Not a question for the petitioner. Are we in discussion? No, we're still questions for the petitioner. Okay. Any other questions for the petitioners? Elizabeth. I just want to clarify what we're talking about because I'm not I'm I'm not sure I was entirely clear. So the image that I'm looking at on my screen right now, um, the the boxy flat roof, you're saying that by right you could do three units going up. Is that what you're yeah. saying? That's okay. all we're saying. And okay, we're and saying. so this is an, that you're asking this board to contemplate. No, it's just a study because a lot of, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, please accept that this was, you know, we wanted, we evaluated this site in many different ways to find the, the greatest and best use of this property. Uh -huh. And this, um, you know, and, and, and looking at the setback, we can accomplish I'm the same thing. Unfortunately, it defines a basically a flat roof, and we don't think and we don't want to do that. This wasn't a this wasn't an idle threat. It was really a study to 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 see what we could do and if we could do it. And we were hoping that that it would um, encourage uh, a little more relief from that rear yard um, on that 12 feet, um, and which would 
which would gave us, it's actually 20 feet from 1203 um, uh, for the townhouse concept. You know, it, it's, it's not, it was, you know, it's really just a study to evaluate if we could do the same density and we can, that's all it was. I appreciate that, and I, I want to tell you that I did not project any ill motive on that. I actually I appreciate more information rather than less. So I I, I appreciate you offering that to us because I that is that's informative to me. I, I thank you. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, now are we on discussion yet? No, we're still on questions for the petitioner. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll frame it as a question. So you're looking at this rear yard and saying, oh, that should be treated as a side yard. Well, I would ask you then, if we treat that as a side yard, wouldn't then we treat the yard off the lot line on the east would become the rear yard? So one of those sections has to be the rear yard. Right. There has to be a rear. You can't have everything beside. So I'm just saying you're, you're putting forward a concept here that, oh, let's treat that rear yard as a side yard because it's, that's the natural thing of it. Well, okay, then let's treat the other piece as a, as a, as a rear yard. Uh, you're playing a game with this year, rear yard as a side yard thing. So I just want to say that and ask, ask you, would you prefer us to say the rear yard should be along that longer dimension? Would, no, you, would you prefer that? Uh, no, I would. Uh, no, the, the the analysis on the north is between the twelve three and twelve eleven. Um, I was just saying that the context of the, the of the three units facing White Street um, uh, to any pedestrian or anything else would feel like a like a side yard. I'm not saying it's conditionally a, not a rear yard by code. Sorry. Any other questions for the petitioner? All right, thank you. If there is anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this petition, if you are in person, please come forward at this time. Before you begin, please state your name for the record. You'll have three minutes. Okay, my name is Charles Nelson. Uh, is it okay to take off the mask? While you're speaking, right. yes. Um, so I've been living there since 1978, and big changes in that length of time. 50% homeowner owned and occupied when we moved in in 1978. The city's changing. Uh, we all see that around us uh, in many different neighborhoods. Several properties, I'm counting like four or five of them, have gone to six bedrooms from three average size in these houses. I live in a house that was one of seven built by the same builders, about 1,280 square feet. Um, and they're all like, you know, a, four, a, a 12 and 12 pitch on the roof, and it, it looks nice. We used to have more trees, you know, we're working with the city to try to get more back in. A couple of them, di several died. Um, I appreciate the owners and the designers' efforts to um, continue the architectural site of angled roofs. It's important to the neighborhood, to me. Uh, we've been living there, as I said, since 1978, and an effort to make a property look 
the, dis the dis distinction between a flat roof and this, I am in support of. And I guess that summarizes my standing. Thank, Thank you. you. If there's anyone else here in person who wishes to speak on this, please come forward. If anyone accessing the meeting remotely wishes to speak on this petition, please call in now and press star nine. Or if you're accessing via the web link, please use the raise hand function. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Thank you, Courtney. With that, the public hearing is closed and we are in discussion. Todd. So let me clarify my earlier comment. People have a lot of discretion as a developer, particularly when you raise the building, when you demolish it, to build whatever they want. What ticked me off was erecting the straw man saying, this is what we propose. It's a very cool, neat design, but you need to approve some variances. If not, here's the other thing we're going to do. And my comment is simply there are a range of things they could do. They could build an orange metal building with black stripes, you know, with a weird metal ornament at the top. They had that ability. So I know there was one project, and I believe it's, I can't remember which street, but as you head down to what used to be Fingerly Lumber, where I think the city planning commission, the owner wanted some new things. They said no. They didn't get it, so they built a very plain design. It's three or four houses in a row. I can't infer intent, but this is a straw man game set up. They have the ability to design whatever they want. My bottom line is they didn't need to come here. They have a many choices to improve the neighborhood, and they want to, which is wonderful, but they don't need a special dispensation from us. They don't need to come here, and that's why I'm voting no on this. Dave. I, I look at our standards for approving a variance, and clearly they don't meet most of them. Um, is there a practic practical difficulty peculiar to the property? No. Practical difficulty that will result from failure to grant the variance that includes substantially more than mere inconvenience or inability to attain a higher financial return? No. A variance shall be the minimum variance that will make possible a reasonable use of the land or structure. There are so many reasonable uses of this property to put really a ups, upsized development. They could put it. I live in Burns Park. I actually grew up about three blocks from here. There used to be a lilac bush on the um, southwest corner that every spring I would pull the light, or I would knock on the door and ask the woman who lived there if I could take some cuttings off the lilac bush to give to my mom as a Mother's Day present. And that's when I was growing up in junior high school and high school. So I'm really familiar with the neighborhood. There are many things, and now that I live in what they call tenured Burns Park on the other side of Packard, um, there are a number of redevelopment parcels there that are duplexes that look very nice, that have the sloped roofs, that could be something here. It could be a duplex. It could be larger than it is and deliver a substantially greater return to the investors than what's there now. The fact is, though, you don't need a variance to make this happen. And there's just, it doesn't meet our standards, and I'm going to have to vote no. Julia. 
Um, it, it kind of feels like there's confusion about what we're here as a board. Um, you know, that the zoning set and it's only in these oh. criteria we're supposed to change them. Um, I didn't make the zoning law and I'm not crazy about it. I actually think, you know, having spent a good chunk of my life in Chicago, in single family neighborhoods, the corner lots of where you put a three flat. The corner lots are the ones that don't need a yard and that's where, you know, cause single family homes, they're less desirable on the corner. So that's where you put your multi-units. Um, so personally, I would like to see the zoning code change so that this three flat proposed, the three row houses would fit without coming for a variance on a corner lot. But it's not what the zoning code is now and I have to look at these criteria and I don't think it meets the criteria now for how we can give a variance. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed with that, but it seems like we have to vote no because it doesn't meet these standards that legally we have to abide by. I will, I guess, kind of echo what you just said, Julia. I, um, I appreciate um, the gentleman from the neighborhood that came forward and spoke and said that he preferred the, the proposed design over what could be built um, within the envelope without a variance. Um, that, that kind of spoke to me that the neighborhood likes something that looks more like what's already there and fits the character. Um, but admittedly, it's difficult, it's difficult to get a variance when you're starting with demoing everything starting from scratch because you essentially have a blank slate that you can, you can do whatever you want. Um, and you're right, the, the criteria it doesn't really meet the criteria. I, and as much as I would probably support this, um, I don't know that I can because because it doesn't it doesn't check the boxes, um, and it it doesn't check a lot of the boxes. Chris. Uh, yeah, I do think that it meets more of these criteria than. Uh, you guys might be giving it credit for. Um, so the last variance that we considered on Cedarbrook, the lot was approximately 7,200 square feet. This lot is approximately 8,400 square feet. Uh, that's a single family lot. That is not, it's not even a big single family lot. It's, it's a small to medium sized single family lot. And the lot was clearly created to build single family homes on it. And then the city decided at some point, I don't know when, to change it to permit multifamily units by right. Um, and so uh, with a number of regulations that seem quite onerous for this lot, which has two frontages and neighboring lots, uh, which were clearly made for single family homes. And so if you're looking for a practical difficulty, I don't think that it was something that the owner of this lot created or its predecessor created, it's something that the city created. Uh, they forced a multifamily district in a two lots that are for single family. And then it seems like the zoning code did a not great job of 
allowing for those permitted rights to actually be built on the lots they're zoned for, right? So they're small lots. They, this one has multiple frontages, but you cannot go up to get the units that you're permitted by right. You can only go to 30 feet. And so I do think that a practical difficulty exists uh, if you're trying to propose what is permitted by right in our zoning ordinance. Um, I think the problem is for the applicant is that these exist on all of the lots around you. And so your problem isn't really peculiar to you. You made the argument about the corner lot and, you know, combined with the other restrictions on for multifamily units in this district, I do think that creates a, a practical difficulty. I just think it creates it for everyone. And so, um, yeah, I, th I think what you've brought forward is better than what could be built by right. I just think you're in front of the wrong board. Um, you know, I, it seems pretty clear to me that our, you know, unified development code has to be more accommodating of what are clearly a, a, a not insignificant number of lots in, in districts like this and, and they're similar. Um, and we're going to get worse product for it. We're not going to lose density. They can get as much or more, um, but we're going to get worse. I mean, this is what they brought forward is ugly. It worked for me. Uh, I don't think it fits in the neighborhood. I wish that wouldn't be what was permitted by right. And I wish this was. Um, and I think the ordinance should be changed to reflect that. So. Elizabeth. I appreciate Chris's comments because I, I was feeling that too. I, I feel like they're the, um, the combination of the, the buffer and the setback make a, make it practically very difficult. And, and unfortunately this is the wrong place for us to be making that decision. I wish we could make that decision because if, if something ugly gets built here, <laughs> I'll know why. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, this is just this is really hard. I wish that it felt within the parameters of the authority of this board to to vote yes, but I don't I don't see how. Um, and I but I I appreciate I appreciate what all of us are being educated about at this at this table. I think this, we've really highlighted um, a problem. Thanks, Chris. I would like to reiterate that ugly is not our purview. Thank you. Dave. Um, well, the, uh, my fellow board members that are saying maybe this isn't the right place for this to come if you really want to do the townhouse concept. Um, so I have a question for our staff member, John. Would something like this be uh, viable as a planned unit development and go to the planning commission? as a zoning like a zoning change for a PUD and maybe even put four units in I mean, as, as long as you can sell the planning commission on it it would become a zoning change for that parcel as opposed as opposed to uh, having to meet these variant standards which it's impossible to meet yeah you're starting to go down a road that I'm not that familiar with. Uh, 
planning and developments are basically a customized zoning district. Right. And I'm not sure that um, planning staff would be in support of something like that for this project. Um, How about planning uh, commission? Well, I mean, that's where the policy is made. Planning Commission is uh, is just a recommending body. They're not the ultimate authority. Oh, it, it goes to City Council. Correct. But um, the Planning Commission is more of a policy board than the staff. The staff uh, implements yeah, the policy. I'm just not sure that this is a project that would fit within the realm of a PUD. Okay. But that would be something that the planning manager would have to decide on. Okay, thank you. Todd. Yes, there's several things. I, I would like to second the comments by uh, Julia and Chris. I do agree with them. Um, I happen to, as part of the uh, Orchard Hills Homeowners Association, listen to a very articulate presentation by the new city administrator, and he was quite clear about the constraints the city is facing, one of them being uh, tax revenue. And he urged this, he, along his lines, he thinks that an avenue is higher density. And this neighborhood, I think, because it's fairly close to campus, is something for this type of development. And even though my criticism of the applicant tonight, I think the city is very lucky to have people that want to come into neighborhoods, tear down worker bee homes, and put in something that's a much better improvement that meets current tastes and standards. And it's great that we have people to do this. Unfortunately, as my fellow board members are, we're being constrained with the rules we got. And I would say, uh, Elizabeth Nelson, you're on the city council. This is something to think about. Let's get more tax revenue, more density, to have townhouses in this neighborhood. I used to live in Sylvan, uh, fairly close. It, it, it's a perfect neighborhood to do that. It's within walking distance of uh, State and Packard. It's great. So I just wish there'd be more things. I, I think the applicant just finds itself where they, they, don't, they don't need our permission. They have many, many choices. And we're constrained by the rules, and we have to do what we have to do. But I, I think. It would be nice to have the rules changed, is what I think we're all saying. Chris. I can think of a motion. I'm, I want to um, take a little longer perspective on this. A lot of times when a corner lot comes in front of us, we okay what they want to do because we consider it a constraint. Um, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree that the constraint goes away just because you demolish the house. Um, I think in this instance, my interest in the strong towns technique of increasing density and hence revenue is something to look at for a few feet. Um, I think that's something more important to look at. And you made the comment yourself uh, that, that this is a neighborhood that can stand density. It's a walkable neighborhood, and that's what it's about. This is where planning is moving right now. Um, so if I look at this and I say other corner lots have gotten what they wanted because of the corner lot constraint, and we let that fly, I'm tempted to not have different rules for this corner lot and work how we've done it in the past. Um, I would and with complete disregard to what the options are. Um, I want to offer the applicant uniformity of how we've applied things in the past and give them the benefit of the doubt 
so that they can build this. Um, I'm, I'm very strongly leaning towards okaying this request. Thank you. Ready for a motion. Thank you, Dave. Uh, ZBA 22-2008. Is that the same as the last one? 2007 is 11, 12, or 12, 11 Wade Street. 2007? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because the motion thing. Yeah, 208 was the, 08 was the first one. Yep. 1211 White Street. In accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a six foot eight inch variance from section 5.18.1, subsection 4 front porches to allow second story balconies to encroach into the average front setback. The applicant is proposing construction of a new three unit townhome. The townhome building is to be built per the submitted plans. And then am I doing both of these setbacks separately or together? Or both of these variances? You can read them, you can do them separately or together. Okay. Also, in accordance with the established standards for approval, the Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants a 12-foot, 11-inch rear setback variance from Chapter 55, Unified Development Code, Table 517-3, Multiple Family Residential District Dimensions. The applicant is proposing construction of a new three-unit townhome. The new townhome will be 17 feet, 1 inch from the required 30-foot rear setback. The townhome is to be built per the submitted plans. Thank you, Dave. I have a motion to have support. Support. Thank you, Chris. Dave. No. Chris Fraley. Yes. Todd. No. Elizabeth. Yes. Chris Madigan. Yes. Julia. Yes. Hmm. I also vote yes. The request is granted. <clears throat> Moving on to petition ZBA 22-2011 831 Avon Road. John? Bonnie Greenspoon, representing the property owners, is requesting relief from section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure, to construct a second story addition over an existing non-conforming single family residence. The existing residence does not meet the required 50 foot rear yard setback. The home is located 47 feet from the rear lot line. The second story addition will contain three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a sitting area. The property is zoned R1A single family residential district. The subject property is located near the intersection of Hill Street and Avon Road south of Gettys Road. The home was built in 1951 and is approximately 1,578 square feet in size. The applicants are proposing to construct a second story addition that will be 25 feet 4 inches in width by 37 feet in length for a total of 937 square feet of new living area. The new level will not project further into the rear yard setback than the existing first floor. The first slide, if you'll turn your attention to the monitors, you'll see the highlighted parcel in yellow at the center of your screen. 
The next slide shows the um, existing conditions surrounding properties and neighborhoods. And the next slide shows the um, zoomed in aerial photo of the existing subject property. Currently it's 47 feet from the house to the rear lot line. The survey that was submitted with the application. And this is the proposed site plan. And you see um, this is the three foot section in hatched in gray that will not meet the 50 foot rear setback. It'd be 47 feet from the rear lot line. <clears throat> this is the north elevation that's existing, the west, east, and south elevations as the home currently sits in its existing condition. And these are the proposed elevations. You see the north, you see this is the second story addition in relationship to the rest of the house. And this is the main level floor plan existing. You see the area that does not meet and the lower level floor plan. And then the new second floor floor plan proposed with the additional three bedrooms and two bathrooms in the sitting area. And again, like I said, this is the hatched area that is the only encroachment directly above the existing first floor. These are the photos that I took on my inspection. You see coming down the driveway, looking at the front of the house at the front facade. And this is looking directly at the rear of the house. And this is the area where the new second story addition will go over this existing first floor right here. This is looking directly at the um, rear facade, the rear plane of the house. And to the right is the back property line. This is more of the, um, this is the side of the house. This is the back over here to the right, and this is the seating area just to the left of it. This is looking to the property to the south, I believe, and adjacent property, neighbors. You see there's a nice buffer between the two properties and the other neighbor to the other side. And this is looking directly at the rear yard of the property. The rear lot line is within these woods and the trellis fence back here. That is, concludes my presentation. I will take any questions that you have at this time. Thank you, John. Any questions? Chris. That uh, the rear wall is conforming and the overhang doesn't conform? <clears throat> is that what I'm seeing? The rear overhang, um, no, the rear wall does not. It's to the rear wall. Overhangs, eaves, and gutters are allowed to project up to two feet into a setback. But okay. the measurement is being taken to the rear elevation wall. The okay. 40, so is that's the, from the 50 feet that's required, it's right to that wall, 47. Any other questions for John? R1A is required to be put here. And it's at 47 currently. If the petitioner is ready, you may begin your presentation. Uh, please state your name for the record. You will have five minutes. Thank you. My name is Bonnie Greenspoon. I'm the principal of Lewis Greenspoon Architects. Uh, good evening. Um, we are proposing a second floor 
onto a back, the back portion of this house. The existing house sits three feet into the rear yard setback, and we are merely not encroaching any further into the rear yard setback. We are simply proposing a second story onto this back portion of the house, not the entire house. The house was designed by Pete Lurie, who is a well-known local uh, mid-century modern architect. Uh, David Osler used to work for him. And he also designed the um, bus station, the Art Deco bus station down on um, Huron, at Huron near Maine. Um, I would like to just point out some features of this site which make this site unique, unique from the uh, properties which are immediately adjacent to it, which in other words create a hardship for this site. Um, this site is 0.391 acres. The property immediately to the north is 0.537 acres. The property north of that is 0.539 acres. These two properties are 40% larger. The property immediately to the south of this house is 0.65 acres, and the property immediately south of that is 0.627 acres, which makes them 60% larger than the property that we are dealing with. The other unique feature of this property is its depth. And if I take the average of, we understand the north property line and the south property line are different, and if I take the average of those two, which would essentially be the depth of the property down the center, this property is 234 feet long. The property immediately to the north is 280 feet long, making it 55 feet deeper. The property north of that is 275 feet deep, making it 40 feet deeper. The property immediately to the south is 256 feet deep, making it 22 feet deeper or longer in the east-west direction. And the property immediately south of that is 265 feet deep, making it 31 feet deeper. So if you look, and the properties across the street are also quite a bit larger, so I wasn't even going to get into the numbers of those. But my point is that this particular property is smaller in area and in depth than adjacent properties to the north and to the south. Um, the house, as characteristic of mid-century modern architecture, is set back from the street, which was, I believe, a requirement from the original owner of the property, of the much larger property when it was an apple orchard and got subdivided into smaller pro these smaller properties. Um, the original owner required that the houses be built quite far back from the street. And as a mid-century modern architect would do, the house very beautifully adapts and understands the site on which it is situated, which is why the house very nicely cascades up the hill towards the back of the site. So that is in part the reason why we are locating this bedroom addition at the back of the house so as not to appear so sort of large and confrontational from the front, and in part to preserve the original sort of aesthetic of the house from the street, 
And we also have to understand that this is a three-bedroom house right now. It's three bedrooms and one bathroom. There is a bathroom in the basement, but I would almost not consider that a bathroom because by today's codes, it does not, um, the plumbing clearances are not in conformance to today's codes. Um, so basically, this is a three bedroom, one bath house. It doesn't even have a master suite. All three bedrooms and they share, and the guests share one bathroom, this one bathroom on the main floor of the house. So we are adding to this house. We are far from the largest house in this neighborhood, and it just seems um, in keeping with the, the scale and what, you know, what is expected of houses these days in terms of adding on to it. Thank you. Any questions for the petitioner? Chris. Um, I just I want to be clear. We're not uh, with this addition. We're not going. We're not changing the footprint at all. Correct. Okay. Any other questions? All right. Thank you. Thank you. If there is anyone from the public who wishes to speak on this petition, please come forward now. If anyone accessing the meeting remotely wishes to speak on this petition, please call in now and press star nine. If you are accessing via the web link, please use the raise hand function. Staff will call on you. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Thanks, Courtney. Uh, with that, the public hearing is closed and we are in discussion. Elizabeth. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. I was clicking on everything I could find. There was no communication around this property as all, at I all. I did not see it. I have not received any correspondence. Okay. All right. I, I don't have a problem with this. I, this feels consistent with a lot of the non-conforming expansions that we've approved where it's within the envelope. I, this doesn't, I don't really have a problem with this at all. This is an easy vote yes for me. I'm ready to make a motion. Great. Do it, Dave. Thank you. ZBA 22-2011. 831 Avon Road, alteration to a non-conforming structure. The Zoning Board of Appeals hereby grants relief from Section 5.32.2, alteration to a non-conforming structure to allow construction of a second-story addition over an existing non-conforming single-family residence. The existing residence does not meet the required 50-foot rear yard setback. The home is located 47 feet from the rear lot. The second story addition will contain three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a sitting area. The construction must comply with the submitted plans. Thank you, Dave. I have a motion to report. Support. Thank you, Chris. Chris Madigan. Support. Julia. Support. I also vote yes. Dave. Yes. Chris Fraley. Yes. Todd. Yes. Elizabeth. Yes. The request is granted. Moving on to petition ZBA 22-2012-521 South 4th Avenue. As I noted at the beginning of the meeting, um, this petition has been postponed. Um, but if there is anyone who wishes to comment on it, you may do so now. Hello, folks. Thanks for your time. Uh, I won't take a lot. My name is uh, Dennis Burke. I live at 528 across the street, uh, South 4th Avenue. Uh, my wife and I uh, are the only, 
owner-occupied single family on either side of that block. A lot of the homes are listed as single family, but in the 40 plus years since we moved into our rebuilt and remodeled home, uh, the fact of the matter is they're almost 100% high density student occupied single families. Uh, this house uh, and request sits on a lot that has two identical twin houses that were built in the front and this small house that sits in the back according to the original Finkbeiner family that owned all three, uh, I was told that the little house that they proposed to significantly alter or tear down was the original farmhouse that had that whole area of land uh, running down to Allen Creek at one time. Uh, my concern is in our neighborhood, the density, which I appreciate, I like urban living and I know the density needs to go up in modern times, but the density in the last few years has skyrocketed. And we have two large apartment complexes that were built at the corner of Monroe and South Main. We have the old DTE building was torn down and we have a 10 story large building, a half a block, that's an apartment building that's going up. Uh, it's five stories in the back, but 10 stories on the other side. And I just don't see how increasing the density on this small lot and not providing any off street parking is reasonable. Where we live, uh, we do not have residential permit restrictions on our street. And a lot of the apartment dwellers do not pay the extra monthly rent in these new developments to rent parking spaces. So our street is, uh, you're lucky if you can find a parking space. And as soon as one opens, somebody pulls in. And then secondly, the downtown workers that don't want to pay the high parking prices or rent a space in downtown come and park on our street. And the daytime folks leave and then immediately the nighttime restaurant and bar workers <laughs> come in and park. So I don't see how going from what is currently rented, the, the two houses in front usually have four to six occupants. The one in the back I think usually has somewhere around two to three students without providing off-street parking and increasing the density in that small lot, I, I just don't see how it really fits in, in our neighborhood. So I would urge you to vote no if it ever does come in front of you. Thank you. Thank you. If there's anyone accessing the meeting remotely who wishes to speak on this petition, please call in now and press star nine, or if you are accessing via the web link, please use the raise hand function. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, with that said, the public hearing is closed. And we will move on to unfinished business. We have review of bylaws. Um, so, uh, John, did you have any comments, I guess, on those? Uh, did anyone, everyone read my email? And the comments from the city attorneys to, to address that? I did, yes. All right. Are we prepared to make a vote to possibly approve or disapprove these this evening? Yeah, I guess, does anyone have any further comments or questions or suggestions? Chris? Yeah, I know you were very clear about when you need a comment spy, but I just have eight or no, I'm just joking. I'm ready to vote. <laughs> I've been begging for two months to get these bylaws approved, but that's all. I have six amendment proposals. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd make a motion to approve. All right, we have a motion from Chris, support from Julia. All in favor? 
Aye. Opposed? Fabulous. The minutes or the bylaws or the rules, whatever you want to call them, are approved. The rules of the zone. We now we have rules, John. <laughs> we can't make it up on the <laughs> Moving on to new business, we have addressed um, communications. I will note that I did um, regret to note that we received a letter um, on the White Street petition. Um, there was a gentleman, Harold Newland, who was opposed to the variance for the balconies. So I just wanted to make sure that was added to the record. Um, public comment. If there is anyone else who wishes to address the ZBA, now um, is the time. Please call in, press star nine to raise your hand, or if you're accessing via the web link, use the raise hand function. There don't appear to be any callers at this time. Thank you, Courtney. Um, with that, do I have a motion to adjourn? Chris, support? From Chris, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? We are adjourned. Thanks, everyone. Okay.